already started again. I already got the ceremonial vitamin fortified cigar lit. We won't have to do that again, but we will. talk at you about Alec Baldwin. I used to be a big Alec Baldwin fan in the 90s. Uh, and then he, like everyone else, had to become political. Uh, had to start talking politics. Had to start telling me how to vote. A lot of times I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, I remember this seemed like it started... I don't know, maybe around 2000, kind of when Bill Clinton came in, a lot of celebrities got behind him. Oh, he's the next John F. Kennedy. Oh, he's, you know, you know, whatever. Um, but Baldwin, he, he likes to have his opinion out there. Uh, and that's kind of when I think his career started to go down. But... So he's making this movie called Rust. And on the set there were prop guns and there were live guns, real guns. He picked this gun up. And this is a, an older model gun. And you have to cock the trigger back, I guess, to shoot it. He cocks the trigger back points it at a camera person and squeezes the trigger. It's unclear to me if they were rehearsing the scene or if they were um, if he was horsing around. I don't know. But it's like there could be, should be, would be, ought to be criminal charges here and there aren't be uh, the crew member that he shot is now suing him well pardon me the crew member uh, he shot one uh, the director or something the director and the bullet passed through her and hit another person and this is really horrific uh, I guess she became paralyzed at first and was on the ground screaming, I can't move my legs. And then she passed away later. Man, that had, that, oh. This breaks your heart. And I'm, you know, I, I mean, I feel bad for Alec Baldwin too. Uh, but everything I see doesn't 
really show that he's showing remorse. Uh, Associated re uh, Press reports crew member sues Alec Baldwin over rust shooting. So we see some attorneys and a guy in a leather vest. Uh, the head of lighting on the film Rust filed a lawsuit Wednesday over Alec Baldwin's fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the New Mexico set of the Western, alleging negligence that caused him severe emotional distress that will haunt him forever. Serge Savantnoy said the suit that said in the suit that the bullet that killed his close friend Hutchins narrowly missed him and he had he held her head as she died so there again she wasn't killed instantly they should never ever have had live rounds on this set Savantnoy said Savantnoy's attorney said at a news conference Wednesday the lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court names two dozen defendants associated with the film including Baldwin who is both the star and a producer David Hall the assistant director who handed Baldwin the gun and Hannah Gutierrez Reed who was also in charge of weapons on the set. So, this guy's suing over emotional damages. There was another thing here where Alec Baldwin, Rust camera crew, walked off before shooting. Um, there had been a lot of problems, I guess, on the set of this movie. Um, just, I guess the uh, crew and cast members were complaining that it wasn't being run professionally enough. Uh, there were different problems. Supposedly, some of the crew members took the, the real guns out target practicing and different things. Uh, there's no, no one knows how a live round got into this gun. So we, we don't know. A lot of, we don't knows. So Rust Crew describes onset gun safety issues and misfires days before the fatal shooting. Hours before actor Alec Baldwin shot a cinematographer on the New Mexico set of Rust with a prop gun. No, it was a real gun. Half a dozen camera crew workers walked off the set in protest to protest working conditions. The camera operators and their assistants were frustrated with by the conditions surrounding the low-budget film, including complaints about long hours, long commutes, waiting for their paychecks. According to three people familiar with the matter, 
who were not authorized to comment. I think when you're on a movie set, sometimes they make you sign a non-disclosure agreement. I don't know. Who cares about that? That's not what this is about. Um, so safety protocols standard in the industry, including gun inspections, were not strictly followed on the rust set near Santa Fe, the sources said. They said at least one of the camera operators complained last weekend to a producer manager about a, about gun safety on the set. Now, Alec Baldwin has spoken out about this. Uh, he was being followed by paparazzi photographers, and he stopped his car and had an impromptu press conference on the side of the road about this. And uh, he said that, you know, from now on, there should always be a police officer on every movie set to inspect the guns for safety. Okay. <laughs> How does that change you screwed up and shot somebody? You know, this is one of the guys that in the media always talked about Donald Trump not taking responsibility uh, Donald Trump blaming other people, Donald Trump calling other people names or whatever. And I don't want to make this about Donald Trump and political. This is about a tragic loss of life. But he's doing the same thing. He's playing to the media. He's blaming other people. Where One thing, sometimes you just need to shut up when something like this happens. And let your lawyers do the talking. I've looked through several headlines here. I don't see anything where he's apologized. I mean, he may have, and it's just not headlines. But it's like uh, CNN says, Daniel Baldwin says, Brother Alec Baldwin is er, Baldwin a target of blame in Rust shooting because of, and then it gets cut off, whatever. George Clooney reacts to fatal shooting of cinematographer on set of Alec Baldwin, Waste. Uh, oh, Western, it, it's Western and it gets cut off. Uh, Fox News, Alec Baldwin is a target for rust fatal shooting because of his political views, Brother Daniel says. <sighs> Whatever. Do everything but apologize for screwing up. It's the Holly weird way. Speaking of somebody that's weird in Holly weird, there's been this movement of people online to quote, free Britney Spears. Um, so, Britney Spears 
is no longer under the conservatorship uh, for her money or her uh, person of, by her father, Jamie Spears. Uh, there was a lot of controversy a few years ago. Was Britney being taken advantage of and used by other people for her money? Was she mentally stable enough? And I don't think she is. Uh, to handle her own decisions uh, financially and personally. But People Magazine here, well, first of all, the court decided to let Britney out of the conservatorship of Jamie Spears, or he resigned as conservator, and the court approved it. However, uh, that worked out exactly. I, I can't remember. Um, but here the headline is, Britney Spears' sealed conservatorship care plan includes guidelines to aid her decision-making. So, there's still a conservatorship. Maybe now she's by the, it's by the state. The care plan addresses key issues arriving from the transition off the 13-year conservatorship, according to the court filing from Jody Montgomery. No, I don't want to sign up for anything. There might be a video start playing here in a second. Okay, there's no sound to it. Um... Britney Spears will be receiving support as she adjusts to post-conservator life. Let's scroll down a little further than I wanted to. Uh, the filing by the pop star's former conservator, Jody Montgomery, reveals that Spears 39 will be supported by a care plan or termination plan developed by Montgomery and Spears' medical team to help her in her post-conservatorship adjustment. So for the last 13 years, since she was 26 apparently, she has not been in control of her own life. She was out on tour for a long time. Uh, she had complained a lot about the tour schedule. And then she took up a residency in Las Vegas. And complained again about hectic work schedule, stuff like that. And it's not easy being an actor, actress. For at her level, for all these years that she has been. That really seems to me, I read this uh, when Michael Jackson passed away and when, and when Britney had her breakdown. I think that was 13 years ago, actually. That's what caused all this. When she was shaving her head and 
uh, walking around gas stations, going in and out of, she went into a gas station bathroom barefooted. <laughs> Ew. Uh, you know, uh, she shaved her head publicly, uh, was beating on a car with an umbrella because someone, a paparazzi was trying to take her picture. All that stuff. Um, but people say when you become a megastar, whatever age you are when that happens, you your mental development stops at that age. I brought up Michael Jackson. A lot of people thought that the reason maybe Michael Jackson was attracted to young children is because that he became a megastar at five or six years old with the Jackson 5. And then a few years later, he became the biggest uh, pop music star in the world. Bigger than anybody. Big as anybody since Elvis and the Beatles. Um, bigger than Britney Spears even. And so... They, they theorize that these celebrities stop aging and growing as individuals because suddenly, one, they're handed millions upon millions of dollars at an early age. Also, everybody around them is doing everything for them. All their decisions are being made for them. And that stunts their mental development. And ever since Britney went on her hiatus uh, from her Vegas residency, and this free Britney movement started on the internet, and there was a documentary and stuff, uh, it was a Netflix documentary, I believe, that really showed a lot of people. I tried to watch it, and it wasn't that good. But it exposed how she had everything planned and ordered and done. Told her, told what to do by her father and other people and she can make no decisions on for herself so i was uh following her on instagram because she's Brittany and she's beautiful and i'm a guy um but she wanted to prove on instagram that she could still dance and do all the things that she had been doing. She's just taking a break. So she would post all these crazy videos of her doing all her dance routines that she's been doing for the last 20 year, 20 plus years as she was coming up as a pop star. And uh, it just really got disturbing. And I had to unfollow her because like um, Caitlin Bennett, the Kent State gun girl, and all, some of these people that suddenly get thrust into a spotlight. Uh, you know, Brittany 
well, I think MySpace was the the big cool when Britney got started. But these these there's a certain group of celebrities that live off of social media fame, and I felt like every time I liked one of her Instagram posts or I viewed one of her videos, I was encouraging a crazy person to act crazier. She would come up with these weird exercises that I had never, I, I, believe it or not, even though I'm morbidly overweight right now, I was at one time in shape. And I have followed the fitness world, bodybuilding, uh, fitness, exercise my whole life. I have autographed pictures of celebrities uh, like Richard Simmons, say what you will about him. Uh, bodybuilders, uh, you know, telling me what a good job I was doing working out. You know, congratulations on this, you know, exercise achievement. Well, she put on this Instagram video that uh, her boyfriend lays on his back with his knees up in the air as if he's sitting down, but he's laying on his back. And then she puts her back across his knees and she says, now this stretches my lungs out to help me uh, breathe better when I'm on stage singing and dancing. Like, I've never heard of stretching your lungs like that. Uh, I actually took some singing classes a few years ago and we definitely did not do that. <laughs> and uh, she's shown this video and she's laying across this guy's knees and she's kind of bent over his knees on her back and then she's moving her legs as if she's pedaling a bicycle and she calls this an exercise. I'm like, this has to be something she concocted in her head. And this is a lot of bit crazy. But the craziest ones were like, she just set up a camera in the hallway of her house and would come walking out of her bedroom like she was walking on the stage and just start dancing her ass off but there's something in her eyes that just didn't look like like the lights were on but nobody was home you know what I'm saying and I'm like Man, I gotta stop liking these videos I gotta stop liking her pictures I gotta stop following her because the more people that follow her and ag her on the worse she's gonna get. Uh, and, and I do not think you can reach her level of fame without being just a little crazy in the head. You look at uh, Mr. Scientology, Tom Cruise, and the, his, the crazy in his eyes. I, I really think you have to have a certain level uh, of chemical imbalance not everybody, I shouldn't say that, but I think some celebrities that are super famous do. So, let me read a couple more paragraphs from this. Britney's 39 years old. That's, wow. So, the filing submitted to the court prior to the November 12th hearing, where the conservatorship was terminated, and obtained by people explains people being the magazine not just any random people 
explains the care plan in regard to Ms. Spears' ongoing need and best interest, just those outside of the conservatorship. So they admit she needs help mentally and in decision making, but not within the guard, the strict guards of a conservator. Ms. Montgomery would like to ensure that there are guidelines in place for supportive decision making to help her adjust and transition to life outside of the conservatorship, read the document. Filed by Montgomery's attorney, Lorianne Wright, the termination plan therefore necessarily contains sensitive and private information about Miss Spears's Spears <laughs> medical doctors condition and treatment as well as information about her minor children the document also requests the sealing of the plan away from prying eyes of the public that makes sense it's none of our business what medical psychological really treatment she's Brittany is undergoing uh, since it includes sensitive confidence information about the singer's health and her teenage sons Montgomery also states the plan addresses key issues arising from the 13 the transition off the 13-year conservatorship so they're kind of weaning her off of being controlled by her dad in every decision that was made for her uh, about her mental physical health and career and re-teaching her how to think and care for herself man I think I don't think she's capable of making good decisions just being honest I don't think she's all together mentally. I don't think she has all her mental faculties about her. Uh, the medical records being sealed. And someday she'll, she'll go on an interview with Oprah and tell the world what, that she's uh, batshit crazy or something. And she'll have a comeback tour and a comeback album and make millions more dollars that people can help her piss away. So let's transition ourselves onto Steve Bannon. A, uh, <laughs> this guy's got an interesting story. He worked for Trump and Steve Bannon is one of the people that has been subpoenaed by Congress to testify in the January 6th riot at the Capitol building. And he is supposedly, I think they're accusing him of being one of the instigators of the uh, riot. I'm not going to call it an insurrection because a lot of what it was was petty vandalism by imbeciles 
and quite a few people that thought they were supposed to walk into the Capitol and that they were going to get to plead their case for Trump before Congress. So, Bannon was a former uh, foreign policy advisor to Donald Trump. The Trump campaign in 2016 brought this guy on, and he, he, he impressed Trump so much, Trump told his campaign advisor, hey, let's, make, let's give this guy a full-time job. And this is like the story of the Donald Trump presidency. You meet the guy once, and he gives you a break, an opportunity in life, if you will. Uh, and there were a few people in his, uh, not cabinet, but in his uh, administration that were hired just like that. Oh, wow, you're really smart. I'm impressed with you. Come have a job in the president's administration. And that was kind of good because it got people in there that weren't belt, part of the beltway, as they call it the Washington insiders and such, but, um, so Bannon was test, or subpoenaed to testify before Congress over this January, uh, at this January 6th, uh, committee. Nancy Pelosi and the House of Representatives wanted, well, the Democrats in the House wanted to get to the bottom see what we can blame Trump for, let's see if we can impeach him post-presidency again. And (laughs) they impeached Bannon, he just said, screw you. So then the Justice Department uh, put out an indictment for him, and he was going to be arrested, and he's a podcaster. And he went down there and did uh, a, a live podcast Uh, right in front of the DOJ so uh, the Daily Beast oh this is a a real neutral this is a real liberal website so Bannon turns to Trump's impeachment lawyer he previously mocked on his podcast Uh, the absent-minded professor I guess is the name of this uh, writer or this column. Okay, go away. All these pop-ups on the Daily Beast. So there's a picture of Bannon talking into a fuzzy, furry microphone. Former Trump strategist and election conspiracy theorist Steve Bannon has retained lawyer David Schoen to defend him against contempt of Congress charges. This is what the Justice Department brought him against for not showing up to a congressional subpoena. Uh, notably, despite the fact he openly mocked Schoen during the former, former President Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. After being indicted by a federal grand jury last week, Bannon surrendered to federal authorities on Monday morning the MAGA ally was charged after ignoring a subpoena from the House Committee investigating the January 6th riot. <coughs> they used the word insurrection, but it was a riot, not an insurrection. 
the one-time Breitbart chief scheduled to first appear in front of a federal judge on Monday afternoon. Schoen, Schoen, meanwhile, notified the District of Court Monday that he will represent Bannon. While Schoen has represented other Trump associates in the past, such as self-described dirty trickster Robert Roger Stone, he is probably best known for defending the disgraced ex-president, these are their words, not mine, the Daily Beast words, during the impeachment for inciting the Capitol riots. There, they finally used the right word. During those Senate impeachment proceedings, however, Bannon did not seem to think much of Schoen's legal or political acumen, comparing the attorney to an absent-minded professor. Oh, that's where the title of the thing came from, uh, up above. And blasting him for not peddling debunked claims of election fraud. So, that's interesting. Let's see what else Google has to say about Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon's circus undercuts January 6th probe hardline legal strategy. Let's see if the CNN link will open for me. There you go, CNN. You suck. So, Bannon's circus undercuts January 6th probe's hardline legal strategy. Yeah, Bannon's a wild man. Yeah, I mean, he don't BS. I don't agree with everything he says and does. He seems to be conspiratorial at times. Um, but he's not a BSer. So the House, the House January 6th investigation hoped to send a fear-inducing message to deep into Donald Trump's inner circle by opening the way to prosecution of the prosecution of Steve Bannon. But the risks that the strategy became clear Monday as the ex-president's political arsonist, <laughs> they call Bannon Donald Trump's political arsonist, turned himself into the FBI after a grand jury indicted him for contempt of Congress last week. Ever the outsider wrecking ball, Bannon set up set up set the example for tur turning efforts to hold Trump's acolytes accountable into fuel for more extremism the former Wall Street banker turned firebrand populist podcaster relished his moment in the spotlight embracing victimhood and the name of Trumpism just like the, like political dirty tricks master and Trump fan Roger Stone. He vowed to topple the Biden regime and make charges against him a misdemeanor from hell. For the president, House Speaker Pelosi and Attorney, or Attorney General Merrick Garland, who signed off on his prosecution. I am never going to back down. They took on the wrong guy this time, Bannon said, launching, at, launching what is effectively 
a political campaign that would unfold alongside what could be a long legal fight which could even outlast the committee's lifespan if the Republicans win control of the House next November and shut down the probe. The questions are now whether Bannon's coming date in court this week for arraignment will wipe out his bravado or pursue or persuade other Trump ex-officials to not to risk the law's ire and agree to testify? Or will his unleashing of a new Trumpian cause celebrate convenience convince other subpoenaed allies of the former president like ex-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to stand firm on questionable assertions of executive privilege. That was Bannon's excuse for not showing up, executive privilege. But this is what's scary. The Congress is going after a podcaster, a private American citizen, it's been determined by the FBI already that there was no conspiracy of Trump and his friends, cronies, buddies, administration, whatever, to purposely incite what went on on January the 6th, okay? The FBI said there's nothing there. This was a bunch of not very bright people. One fellow dressed like a buffalo, called him a a self-professed shaman, uh, (laughs) to act a fool. And I'm not, I'm not denying they acted a fool, but What does a private citizen now, Steve Bannon, have to do with this? He was a private citizen on January 6th. Donald Trump fired him. He stood by Trump even after he got shit-canned from the uh, administration. He stands by Trump to this day. But what right does our government have to go after private citizens like this by expressing opinions that the election was not fairly run that there are a slew of breaches of the law and the constitution by secretaries of state and governors in these key states that Trump lost mind you And yes, some of these infractions were done by other Republicans who just don't like Donald Trump. And some of them were led by the Lincoln Pedo Project. But the government is coming after private citizens. You know, they're saying they want to find out what the Trump administration's role was in all this, was in all of this January 6th mess. But they're really just coming after people who had an opinion that said that the election wasn't fair. That say, like I've said, I saw 
the vote totals on election night around 10 p.m. I'm like holy crap Donald Trump is crushing it in Pennsylvania how is this and I looked at the vote count in the county where Philadelphia uh, is and it said 100% reporting and usually that means 100% counted Okay, now they've changed their story and said, well, that just means that uh, 100% of the polls have turned in their uh, ballots. The next morning I looked again because it said that Biden was gaining on Trump. And it still said 100% reporting. If 100% of the votes are in, why are they still counting them? Why did they stop counting votes at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night and say, okay, we're done for the night? But four years before this, 2016, no way in hell. Trump is winning Pennsylvania. I look at the board, the state, Secretary of State of Pennsylvania website, the same thing. 100% of the votes in Philadelphia were reported. Trump's margin of victory held through, right through all of the certification processes and everything. Trump won that night. Four years later, they say 100% doesn't really mean that we counted 100% of the votes. But four years earlier, 100% meant that 100% of the votes had been counted. The next day, I'm looking at the website a few hours later, because Biden surpassed Trump, and Philadelphia and um, Pittsburgh are really the only two Democrat strongholds in PA. The rest is red. And I'm looking at this, and suddenly the percentage in the county where Philadelphia is the number went down from 100 to like 93 and then went down again a few hours later to like 88 so they were they went from 100% reported or counted to less and less again I saw it with my own eyes. Now, am I going to get called into the January 6th? Probably not. I'm just a little guy with a little, you know, show on Rumble and on some podcasts. But I saw it myself twice in 2016 and 2020. How does that happen? It changed in four years what 100% meant. But this is the kind of stuff Steve Bannon complains about. He goes a lot further into conspiracy than what I just did. I'm just telling you what I saw on the PA Secretary of State's website. As far as total number of votes counted was. 
Right. Forty-five minutes is enough. Pray for one another. Pray for Kyle Rittenhouse. God bless you all. God bless America. I'll see y'all next time on Americana the American way.